Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Baseball. Basketball. And football. This is True Sports, a True Chat original podcast with your host, Caleb Spinner. Finally, after three months of negotiations between league officials and players, a 2020 Major League Baseball season is ready to go. This 60-game sprint, as some are referring to it, will begin July 1st, that's today, with spring training and then open either July 23rd or 24th with regular season play. While fans are celebrating the return of America's pastime, J.D. and I take a deep look into the agreement and see how each aspect of the plan will affect the meaning of each game and discover the questions that still need answered. And J.D., it is so good to be back in the studio. I was for a little bit. Uh, we still had you at home doing your Zencaster recordings from there, getting your appearances on the show. Now we're both back in, and it feels very good. It does feel really good, but it also feels really strange. I mean, what we've been out of the studio for like five four months, months. Four, four months. Four months. Yeah. So it's definitely different, but I'm glad to be back. It's a, I'm glad you actually came in here and remembered which buttons to press over there in the booth. <laughs> Jeez, that would have been that would have been uh, devastating if we couldn't record this. Had to refresh my mind a little bit. <laughs> so as we always do with these COVID episodes, we have the latest news stories uh, regarding the virus and sports. The new one this week, as the NBA appears to be returning. We're, first of all, we're not going to talk about MLB on this segment because that's the whole show is going to be on the MLB. So the biggest news story is the NBA players who are opting out of the Orlando tournament. The NBA is set to return in late July, and for the most part, it's going to be basketball as usual. But a few players have made the decision to opt out of the tournament in Orlando for a variety of reasons, including concerns over the virus, personal matters, and business reasons. Notable players not making the trip include former Boston Celtic player and current Lakers shooting guard Avery Bradley. Uh, who is possibly going to be replaced by free agent J.R. Smith. That has been confirmed. Uh, Trevor Ariza and Davis Bertans, who's a guy from, who's a forward from the Wizards. And another one that I just noticed, Kevin Durant is sitting out. Kyrie Irving is sitting out. Wilson Chandler is sitting out. Spencer Dinwiddie is toying whether or not to sit out. And DeAndre Jordan is out. Why are those significant? Because I named five of the biggest players on the Nets. And the Nets are a team who, going into that, we're looking to win the win the finals and win that tournament, and now they've got like nobody. So that's going to be big there. JD, how will these decisions to opt out affect each respective team's chances at going far in Orlando? I'm sorry, but who cares that any of those players are dropping out? I don't think the Nets wow. had any chance in the East to do anything. Uh, and then Avery Bradley, and I think another one that mentioned probably sitting out was Dwight Howard. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're old washed up anyway, so they were going to be on the bench for most of the games anyway. And now we get to see a reunion of J.R. Smith and LeBron. And what America needs right now is for J.R. Smith to hit a game-winning shot in the finals. And that's yep. that's all I'm saying. I think that would fix America totally if J.R. Smith could redeem himself for the Lakers and actually for LeBron at least. Um, but this is huge. I mean, just seeing the kind of implications that you know bringing NBA back. A lot of the players wanted it to be back anyway, but now that we see a lot of them sitting out, 
Uh, it actually does have a little bit of concern uh, if you're fans because what if the star player in your team sits out? Like, for example, I love the Celtics. What happens if Kimball Walker or Jason Tatum decides to sit out? Like, that's huge. Um, and that would have huge implications on the rest of the tournament because now even if the Nets did have a slim chance, now that Kyrie Irving is sitting out, and Kevin Durant's probably sitting out for his injury, probably yeah. wanting to nurse yep. that more. Uh, but now that if the Nets had any chance whatsoever, now with Dinwiddie thinking about sitting out and Kyrie being out, now that basically just eliminates them from contention because I think the only other guy they have is Jared Allen, and, and that, he's not enough. And that's really, and Karis LeVert, I believe, is one of the other guys there. I, I forget if he got sent away in free agency last year or not. But that, that's really what I mean. The Nets weren't really in a position where they'd be a, considered a favorite to win the tournament. I'm just saying now any hope they had at contending and going deep in the bracket is basically out the window. Now that you've got five of these players uh, who are either sitting out or to- on the fence as to whether or not to sit out. And really, let's just hope that J.R. Smith remembers what time each game is at because he's had a problem reading clocks the last time he was on the floor, uh, at least in a Cavaliers uniform. I think we all remember when he uh, he had a mishap in the uh, ending seconds of the twenty what was that the twenty eighteen NBA yeah twenty eighteen NBA Finals game one, uh, which I still have not forgiven him for. The NBA has said that they will not judge players who decide to forego the tournament. However, JD, people are people. Do you think these decisions to not play will negatively affect players during the upcoming free agency period? I mean, it's it's a lot easier to say that you're not going to judge them than it is to actually not judge them. Now, there's legitimate concern out there um, as to whether I need to play or not. So I, I think that their decisions to sit out have base under them. They're not just sitting out to be petty right. for right. money issues or whatever. They're legitimate concerns. I don't think that they should be judged by them. But unfortunately, if the player is big enough, like the, a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving, Coming to their next contract or their next free agency period, unfortunately, yes, it might affect how the owners view that player because you want the player to be bought in no matter what. And all they're going to remember is, hey, they bailed on their team when they needed them most down the stretch. So unfortunately, uh, you would like to say that they won't be judged, but unfortunately, it's bound to happen eventually because we are human. I've been listening to Pat McAfee over the quarantine break, and he brought up regarding Davis Bertans, or Davis Bertans, as I think how you say it, but Davis is sitting out because he's had two ACL surgeries, and he does not want to risk that knee. He brought up that people in free agency could be looking at it and saying, and looking and seeing, well, if he doesn't want to go and play you know, maybe eight games in Orlando for a risk of his knee, why should we sign him to a long-term deal here? And I think that's a legitimate concern and something that maybe Davis was not uh, anticipating would be a, a side effect of him sitting out. But, I mean, if you're going to sit out for, because of an injury reason, I can get behind that uh, much more than I could get behind sitting out for salary reasons like the ML, that like the MLB has had issues with as well. Notable upcoming dates for the NBA's return to play plan in Orlando today. July 1st is when finalized rosters are set for the restart. So be looking on Twitter, social media, ESPN to find out who your team is going to Orlando with. For sure, July 7th to 9th, uh, NBA teams are traveling to Orlando. July 9th to the 29th is the training camp and inter-squad scrimmages. And then July 30th is when the magic begins to happen. Players begin with an eight-game regular season which will determine who goes into the postseason and plays for the 2020 NBA championship. Back on to our actual topic for the day. The MLB 
and the MLBPA have finally reached an agreement. Baseball fans rejoice. Major League Baseball announced last week that a 2020 season would take place. Commissioner Rob Manfred exercised his power to implement a 60-game season after a three-month negotiation benchmark was reached. J.D., you said last week that 60 games was way too short of a season. Do you still have that sentiment, or have you changed your stance since then? Well, I would rather have 60 games than no games at all. So I I think if an agreement is going to be reached, I would much rather see— Honestly, I'd rather see 10 games than zero games at this point. The only problem that I have with a 60-game season is I I find it hard to believe that whoever wins the World Series, it will be a legit World Series winner. They won't have an asterisk beside it, or you can't use that excuse of, well, they only played 60 regular season games. Because the the sport of baseball is very streaky. And I think a perfect example was Aaron Judge in the year that he you know won the home run derby. The first half of the season, he was on fire. I mean, the guy didn't strike out. I mean, he had one of the best batting averages, most home runs in the MLB. After that home run derby, he ended up breaking the record for most consistent games with a strikeout. And that's, that's just sad to see. It's such a streaky game. There are going to be weeks or months where you're on and then weeks or months where you're just off. So I feel like the 60 game game uh, season could hurt some people's career and could really help some people's career. Maybe you're one of those guys who like to take off early and those 60 games, you're just going to be on absolute fire. And then maybe you're one of those guys who don't start off so hot, but you like to finish strong. And then those 60 games, you don't play your best baseball. So I, I, I think that it's really hard to see how this season will have any legitimate implications on anything, whether the World Series team is going to be considered legit and whether the this season actually has an implication on any player's um, future or their title as it stands right now. So I would much rather see 60 games being played. I know that's a little too short, um, but I'd much rather see baseball than no baseball at all. And that's something we'll get to talking about is how much more important these games are now that there's 60 instead of 162 and what really that'll mean for standings and for those streaks as you talked about. This 60-game agreement comes after MLB players took to Twitter with a hashtag when and where movement aimed at telling MLB officials that they were ready to get back on the field. If you think about it, players who tweeted hashtag when and where have no real way out of this agreement. You asked for a time and place, and then the league provided those to you. If you go back now and say you don't want to play, then fans will think you're two-faced, Am I right about that, JD? Absolutely. And it's it's honestly embarrassing to see that there's a dispute over money at this point when you just want to get out there and play. Yeah, it, it shows me where the true players' uh, loyalties lie, whether it's to the paycheck or the ball diamond. And really, this this was great for the MLB because now they had that. Now they now they said, all right, let's provide when and where. And if they don't back, and if they back out of that and say they don't want to play, then we're golden then we don't look like the bad guys anymore. Then it then it's shown, at least in the eyes of the fans, that it's the players who are holding up this deal and not getting stuff done and not us. So this really was an unintentional uh, big move for the MLB and crossing sports put them in a power play for sure. Absolutely. And, and I'm sorry to say this, but I think that uh, MLB players get too much or get paid too much anyway to play a kids game. I mean, I've been playing baseball since I was three years old and haven't seen a dime playing it. And these guys are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. I mean, if you look at Bryce Harper's contract that he just signed, I think it's for like three hundred thirty million or something like mm-hmm. that. That is insane. That amount of money to th- is insane to think about. I don't know what I would do with a million dollars. I mean, even though it's three hundred thirty million dollars. 
So they get paid too much as it is anyway. And just to to stand out and to give your fan base hope by saying, we want to play baseball. And then when it comes down to the thick of things, you really don't want to play baseball unless you're seeing a, a full contract. Now, what kind of job can I only go into work 60 days when I'm scheduled to work 162 days and still make the same salary? Like that, to me, that that wouldn't fly any other job. So why should it fly in the MLB? So I'm glad that the Manfred stood up, used his executive power, put his foot down and said, here's what's going to happen. I don't care what you guys have to say. If you disagree, you can sit out. So a great move for Manfred and a great move for the sport of baseball in general, because the integrity of baseball has definitely been hurt by this. So one thing I will say on player salaries in the MLB, the MLB play has a longer regular season than any other major sports does. All right. The NBA is the second longest that I can think of with 82 games. MLB trumps that with 162 games, you know, in the regular season. That's not even including postseason play. The problem I have with contracts, yes, they get paid quite a bit of money and that might be underselling it. The problem I have is that it's all guaranteed. That's the only thing I have because then you get injured, you're still getting that money. There's less motivation for players to go out and actually do their job because that money's already in their pockets. Whether it's actually there tangibly or not is a different story because they are now legally uh, legally entitled to that sum of money. So why do I have to go out every day and risk potentially injuring and ending my career when I'm already locked into you for 13 years, 330 million, right? Right. So that I think is being all that money being guaranteed is something that has led to the players holding out for this agreement because of salary, because they want to make sure that all their guaranteed money is still guaranteed. And I think that's where we've gotten the problems with the MLB disagreeing with the MLB Players Association and back and forth. When we come back, we'll get more into the MLB agreement. The tip of the iceberg here on True Sports. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is True Sports, a True Chat original podcast with your host, Caleb Spinner. Welcome back. The MLB season will happen. Spring training starts today, and we are breaking down everything from the MLB MLBPA agreement and what it means for this season in terms of Major League Baseball. Last Tuesday, the league gave the MLB Players Association a 5 p.m. deadline to report whether players would show up for spring training on July 1st. After receiving word from the MLBPA that players agreed to this new plan, the season was set to go. Obviously, this plan isn't perfect. We've been talking about that 
ever since ever since the NBA suggested their first return to play plan. No plan is going to be perfect, but then again, it it was never supposed to be. There's always going to be holes in this plan, especially this early into it, you know. This needs time to be tested. And I think that's what spring training is going to do. Spring training serves as the the preseason, if you will, to see if this is going well, if covid cases are being maintained and managed, then we really are good to go into July 23rd, 24th. Do I think they'll cancel it completely after the first COVID spike happens? No. But, you know, you need time to put this into practice and make sure it's going make sure it's going well. What are some questions that need answered in your mind, JD? Well, that's one of the scariest thoughts in my mind is what happens when a player does end up getting corona, testing positive. Because they will. Because it will. They will. It will happen. Yes, it will happen. So What's going to happen? Because now we've set a, a scary precedent for any disease, whether it's COVID-19 related or not, that we're just going to shut down everything. So now there's that scary precedent and set. So now what happens when one player in the MLB inevitably gets the COVID-19 disease? Are we going to shut down the entire league? Are we going to do what we did last time and just cancel games for two weeks or three weeks and just kind of play it out? Unlike other sports, there's not as much contact in baseball not as much close contact, excuse me, in baseball than there is in a lot of the other sports. You know, football, you're nose and nose with somebody. In basketball, you're constantly touching someone. In baseball, you have your good distance. I mean, there's mm-hmm. probably, uh, if you're in the outfield, there's a couple <laughs> There's, couple there's a feet. lot more than six feet separating left field from right field. Absolutely. So th- there's not that much a concern there. I want to know what they're going to do with the dugout because there are a lot of people that you shove into the dugout. I wonder if they're going to put more people out in the bullpen uh, which is usually out in the outfield in most places. Uh, you might see more of those players go out there to k- keep them spaced out. Uh, but what happens when you know a, a player comes down with COVID-19 and it, there's not as much contact in baseball, but there still is contact. So well, how are you going to handle that in regards? And then the other question is, of course, the whole dugout thing. How are you going to deal with that? But let's take a page out of the KBO, Korean, Korean base. Is that what it is, KBO? Yeah. Okay, the Korean Baseball Organization, I think, is what that stands for, and see what they're doing in the dugout. They have dugout operations as normal. Players are obviously wearing masks, but in terms of when a player hits a home run, instead of doing high fives, they do those forearm bumps. You know, the like the the little Wakanda Forever contact with your with your forearms, which still gets the job done, and it looks at least, considering the fact that that league has not shut down again since the COVID outbreak that that would work, that that might be something successful that maybe you see in the MLB, you know, take advantage of these people. You know, the Korean Baseball League has been in operations for what, since April? I think you've been watching it a lot closer than I have. Take advantage of these. You've got people, albeit in a different country with different laws and and government regulations for this virus, but it's the same problem. So look at what they're doing, because obviously they're up and running all, all systems go, and you're trying to get to that point, take a look at what they're doing, and then turn it into something that you can use. That would make sense, right? Uh, yeah, it would make sense because now that we've seen it's successful for them, so why can't we put that same thing uh, into effect there? Now, Korea did, um, they did spike their COVID-19 uh, peak, I guess you would call it, was a lot sooner than ours was, so there might be different regulations and different safety precautions because they're farther along than we are. Right. But yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's working out for them. So why can't we use some of the things that they're doing and use that in our MLB to make things safer? I think that would be a great idea. 
Students might be excited at first to see a test with a small amount of questions until they realize that each question is now worth more points and that missing one or two of them can damage the final grade drastically. Where am I going with this, JD? Same thing with the 2020 MLB season. Fewer games means that each one has more at stake for teams in the shortened race for the pennant. There was a wonderful article from The Athletic called Baseball's Back, But the Ugly Road to Return Has Diminished the Game, which, as we've said, it certainly has. Quote from that article, Each game will carry the significance of nearly three in usual circumstances, 2.7 to be exact, meaning of the six scheduled games each week, each club's weekly schedule will carry the weight of 16 games in a normal season, end quote. How much added pressure, J.D., does this increased value of the game put on a team's managers and players? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't, I mean, with a 162-game season, you can throw in pitchers, you know, every four days to just warm their arm up. And there's some pitchers who are going through a slump that you just, the only way to get out of a slump is to continue to pitch. Now, if we see pitchers in a slump, what do you do? You throw them out there and risk you lose one or two games because of them. Another thing is uh, ESPN just re- released uh, Vegas's um, chances of each team winning the World Series and you know the projected win total for all of those teams. Now, the New York Yankees last year won uh, over 100 games. They were on fire. Yes, the Baltimore Orioles, between 30 or 50. I was checking out the standings. Yes, the Orioles have a 750 to 1 chance to win the World Series, which means if you bet a dollar on the Orioles you and they win the World Series, you get $750 back, which that's pretty good. But their win total, I believe their projected win total is 28.5. It's around 26, 28 total wins. The New York Yankees have a plus 350 chance to win the World Series, which is tied for the highest with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. And I believe that their win total is only about 38. And that's only about 10 games that separates the top chances all the way down to the bottom, because I think the next lowest is maybe the Cardinals at 400 to one. So even though the Orioles are projected to be the worst team in the MLB, their win difference is only about 10 to 15 to the New York Yankees, who is clearly the best team in all professional sports. If there's any chance to bet on the Orioles to win the World Series, it's now. I wouldn't bet against, or I wouldn't bet for them in a 162 game season, but in a 60 game season, I'm definitely going to bet for the Baltimore Orioles because this is the best chance they have. Something else in the article I found interesting. It also states that this will be the shortest season in the history of Major League Baseball, including the seasons where players went on strikes. Only 37% of the normal amount of games will be played this year, which beats the former lowest mark of 56% by quick math, 19%. Even though there won't be as many games as usual, this season will also be shorter, meaning that the frequency of games will be at least normal, if not increased. Does this make the situation of a shorter season better in your eyes, JD, if you have more games in a week than normal? I, I don't think so because, uh, yeah, there's some games where, or there's some teams that play seven days a week in a normal 162 game season because you'll have maybe a, a three game series and then you might go interleague and play two and then maybe another interleague play two or maybe a four game series. But I don't think, I, I just, I don't know. It's going to be very weird to see uh, MLB this year. Like we thought the NFL was going to be weird because of all the changes in players and teams. Mm-hmm. This is going to be weird to see in the MLB because now we're going to see more games in a shorter amount of time. And then I don't know if they're still thinking about, I haven't heard anything about the playoffs yet. No, I haven't either. I, I don't know if they're going to bring that all the way because they're the players said that they're willing to pay or play until Christmas break, which yeah, would be insane. Which is a long time. Yes, which would be insane to think. But then you wouldn't have as many games in that in a week 
as they're saying that they will. So I see mm-hmm. them playing till about October, November time. Which is, I think, what Manfred said was would be the plans like ending right. of the regular season again uh, games. Right. These so, 60 games would end right around October. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. I, I I think this would be it's gonna definitely be weird, but I don't think playing all 60 games in a short amount of time, if you're trying to end normally uh around November, which is when uh, the MLB usually ends late October, early November. If you're trying to end the playoffs by then, you're you're going to see a lot more injuries. You're going to see players complaining even more than they are. Uh, so I think that they need to space these 60 games out as the players feel necessary. And it, if the players and managers can agree, uh, they need to spread them out for sure. The other major alteration is that teams will be playing teams within their own division more often than traveling outside the conference. What does that mean? Let me explain. The article gives the example of the Yankees, which conveniently, we have a Yankees fan here. The Yankees schedule, for example, will consist of 40 games against AL East foes, that's American League East, with the remaining 20 games against NL East teams, end quote of the article. Are you down with this? Oh, man. I I know this is tough. I don't know if I agree with that because I would much rather play... Uh, in the Indians division where I get to see the White Sox I was going to say, I'll be giving the Indians examples oh, uh, man. in the next segment. Yeah, that, That's that's brutal. I, I, that's I think tough. That's, because yes, you play those teams more anyway in a normal 162 game season, but you're looking at the Red Sox who I don't believe will be as good, but they're still going to be they're Pretty, not going to be anything to to cough at. Right. And then you look at the Rays, who for some reason always give the Yankees fits. And the Rays are just one of those teams that always fly in under the radar. They it's spend, just that team. They spend the least amount of money on their players, and somehow they're always good. The Blue Jays, another one. They just kind of ankle biters. They're, they're just kind of always there. Orioles, I'm not too concerned about them. But, uh, I mean, you're— <laughs> Everybody else is a threat, but uh, Orioles, Orioles now. Orioles are never a threat. Forget about it. Yeah, they're never a threat. But And then you look over on the other side. I believe you're talking about the NL East. We're going to see the mm-hmm. Nationals. World Series champs. You're going to see the Mets who are on the rise. We we should say non-sign-stealing World Series champs. Yes, non-sign-stealing, as far as we know, champs. (laughs) Then you have the Mets who are on the rise. The Phillies who uh, just tagged Yankees shortstop Didi Gregorius. So now they have him and Bryce Harper. That's a dangerous team right there. The Marlins. Marlins are a joke. But anyway, that's a tough schedule. And then you look at the Indians who have to play, you know, the White Sox, Royals, Tigers. I mean, that's... And the, and the Twins are good. But other than that, they got nobody in that division. If I'm the Indians, I love this new deal. But if I'm the Yankees or anybody in the AL East, I'm like, this sucks. True Chat's mission is to educate people by providing honest, open, and respectful conversations. If you think we're not upholding this mission at any time during today's episode, email your grievance to ethics at truechat.org. That's E-T-H-I-C-S at truechat.org. Stay in touch with True Sports by visiting our website, truesportspodcast.com and by following at TrueSports underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Well, I guess, J.D., you keep saying the Yankees are a better team. I guess we'll see it. They've got more competition than the Indians do. We'll be breaking down Cleveland's schedule and finalizing our talks on the MLB's return-to-play plan after this. Stay here on True Sports, and we'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is 
True Sports, a True Chat original podcast with your host, Caleb Spinner. Welcome back to True Sports. We've been analyzing the MLB's plan for a return to baseball and sharing what each piece of this agreement means in the overall MLB puzzle. We just finished talking about how each team's schedule would be decided, and JD was complaining that his team has a very, 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 very tough road to the World Series. We already explained what's this looks what this looks like for JD's Yankees. Now let's apply this to my Cleveland Indians. The tribe will play 40 games against American League Central opponents, their own division, which includes the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Twins, and then 20 games against clubs from the NL Central, including the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. Obviously, J.D., some divisions are tougher than others, as we just outlined there. Could teams in weaker divisions potentially get a bigger break than those surrounded by stronger clubs? Man, I, I know that I was dogging the uh, the AL Central there, but that NL Central playing those teams, it's going to be a little tough. I think the Cubs will be on a downfall this year. You know, the Brewers are always going to be decent with Yelich out there. The Reds, I think they're the team to look out for. I think that their rebuilding they're process, yes, their rebuilding process has been great uh, out there in Cincinnati. So uh, I know that I was dogging the Indians and the AL Central a little bit, but playing the NL Central, that, that's going to be a little tough, I, I, I think. But yeah, I mean, if you're out there in the West, uh, you you got to play the A's and the Astros. Who knows how good they're going to be, honestly. But uh, and then you got to go and play the Dodgers uh, out there in the NL West. So it, you're not going to get to play all the teams like you normally do. You're not going to get to play everybody in the AL, and you know that you're that certain division, whoever it is that year. You're not going to get to play them either. Would this create an unfair playoff race in your mind, JD? If some teams get out of having to play the big dogs in the MLB. I don't see anything being such unfair because it's unfair right. for everybody, which makes it fair. There's there's not one division or one setup scenario where you're thinking that a team got off like scot-free here. Absolutely. Right? You're going to have to see good pitchers. And, and first of all, it's the MLB. This, these, these are the best baseball players that are in the world. Yep. Uh, arguably, arguably, yeah. arguably, yeah, the best baseball players you'll see in the world. So you're still going to see talent. We'll we'll say these are some of the best baseball players from around the world. Absolutely. We'll say that absolutely. So you're going to see talent day in and day out. That's that's not the argument here. The argument is, you know, oh hey, I'm the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't have to see Garrett Cole for the New York Yankees at all, and I probably won't make the playoffs. I probably will never have to see him this year. But I I think facing the better opponents, yes, your record is not going to look as good. But it's going to help you as you go through the playoffs. Teams with a harder strength of schedule going into the playoffs will succeed better because they've had that, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? They've had the tougher road. Right. They've had the tougher road. They've the had road to face traveled. the hostility. They've had to face that, that sense of playing the better team. So now it makes them the better team. So if you're just going to get a cupcake walk through the regular season, you're going to get in the playoffs and not know how to handle adversity. That's the word I was looking adversity, for. Adversity. You're not going to know how to handle the adversity because you played cupcake teams through the regular season. So honestly, I would much rather want to have the harder schedule going into the regular season so that I'm prepared for the playoffs when it comes time or if it comes time. So I don't think it's unfair because unfortunately it's unfair for everybody, which makes it fair. I, I've followed a lot of that, but be honest. I got hung up on you talking about strength of schedule. I flashed forward to college football playoff time when we're usually debating rankings based on a team's strength of schedule. So I just flashed forward in my head to that time. Hopefully we get college football on a side note there. JD, last thing I have for you before we get into Films of the Week and Agree to Disagree, which clubs do you think will have the toughest time fighting for a pennant? Well, I'm going to tell you what. It's going to be interesting this year. 
because the Dodgers, they always seem to be in the playoffs. But I'm oh, sorry. Hold on. I, w- I want to stop you here. Give me one team that's going to have a tough road and another team that's going to have an easy road. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, the tough road's obviously going to be the New York Yankees, but if I had yep. to pick another team that's going to have a tough road, it's going to be the Houston Astros. Teams are absolutely just teed off on mm-hmm. the Houston Astros. They do not want to see the Houston Astros win a single game, and they will do whatever it takes to make sure that the Astros do not win a single game. So and one throw team, whatever it takes. Absolutely. So if there's one team that has a hard road, I'm sorry, but it's the Houston Astros. And I don't know if a team has any easy road, to making it, but I think that teams in a division that have an easy road uh, to make it, I think the Nationals, other than playing the AL East, I, I think that they have an easier road. And then you could also say the Reds. If they're as good as I think they're going to be, they will have an easy road because I don't see anybody in either of their divisions who could stand a chance against the the Reds' young, successful roster. So I would give them say that they have an easy chance as well. The Reds are definitely going to be a powerful team. At least that's what it looks like. You know, it's a big difference, again, as we've said multiple times, especially talking with my Cleveland Browns, what it shows on paper is not always what you get on the ball diamond. So there's there might be that negative translation where what you see on paper does not translate well to the diamond. But for the most part, they look like they're going to be a good team. And then the Astros, like you said, their tough road is not necessarily going to be who they have to play. It's going to be, you know, full of bruises and taunts and boos from other players and, and a, a true loss of respect the whole 60 games through pending a postseason as well there. And they're lucky that there's no fans. I'm they just are gonna, lucky. I'm going to say yes. that right now because that if you something travel, I was thinking of. If they you travel lucky. to New York where they're serious about baseball or Boston, they, they're honestly probably death threats out there for the Houston Astros players. That's all I'm saying. So they're lucky there are no fans. All right, we have a very special agree to disagree question. Let's get into our agree to disagree question of the day for new listeners and those who may not be familiar with this segment. JD and I will each have one minute to answer a topic-related question submitted by a member of our audience. Today's question comes from, I think it was Good Morning Football. Um, Which NFL offense will be nightmare fuel for opposing defenses in 2020? Mm. It came from a fan, but I'm pretty sure they heard it on Good Morning Football. Okay, Uh, well... You can put the Chargers, or the Chargers, oh my gosh. The, the Chargers, okay, the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. I was the just going to say, if he doesn't say the Chiefs, the I might actually jump into that booth and smack you upside the head. You definitely put the Chiefs up there. Didn't lose anybody, didn't gain anybody, because they don't need to. They got Patty Mahomes, yeah. Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, who I believe is one of the more underrated receivers, and now they just got Clyde's Edward Elair, which is who I wanted the Texans to get, but unfortunately we're stupid and traded away D-Hop. Uh, I didn't get anything worthwhile out of it. Absolutely. So, um, and then speaking of D Hop, put the Cardinals up there. They're going to be one of the more interesting offenses. Scary because if Kyler Murray avoids the sophomore slump and form, he's got the perfect team around him. I put any quarterback in that system with Cliff Kingsbury's air raid offense. That offense is going to be beautiful if Kyler Murray can perform. So that's another one of the uh, the chances for a great boom. Uh, but also has a great chance for a big bust because Kyler Murray is not your prototypical NFL quarterback. So there's a big bust factor and a big boom factor there, but definitely got to put the Chiefs in. That's a scary offense. I was going to disagree with you on one thing. You said that the Chiefs didn't add anybody. I would think Clyde Edwards-Elair is a pretty notable addition, but that he comes from drafted, and I think you meant added anybody in free agency. So clarification there. I will pick – I have three teams in my mind – Two of them, though, are what I call on the fence, All right, which means if something happens, 
if this looks good as on paper, as on the field, as it does on paper, they will be good. The first team that I have that no questions asked will be a tough offense to go after is the New Orleans Saints. You have Drew Brees, then you have Jameis Winston in at quarterback. Taysom Hill if you want, although he's basically a jack of all trades. So you could have him at receiver, running back, tight end, whatever you wanted him to do. Then you have Emmanuel Sanders, a guy you just added. You have Michael Thomas, who's one of the best receivers in the league. And you have Al- Alvin Kamara, who is an absolute tank, whether you're throwing it to him in the slot or if you have him just as a straight power running back. That's going to be one that would give me at least a little bit of nightmares. Uh, and especially if Jameis Winston turns out after this LASIK eye surgery that you mentioned, if he turns out to be dead on accurate, that'll be scary. And then Taysom Hill, even if those two, God forbid, went out for some reason, Taysom Hill being a backup there all, all but uh, makes me even more scared. The two teams on the fence, I will say, number one, the Browns. Obviously, that offense is loaded. Austin Hooper, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, you know, the list goes on. But the the there's that always that factor there. First year head coach, just like last year. I will say that the front office looks to be in better shape than last year, but still, rookie head coach. That's the variable here. If Kevin Stefanski turns out to be everything that Cleveland Browns fans hope he is, which is a a strong leader who focuses on discipline on and off the field, then they will be do very well. The other team I have on the fence is the Buffalo Bills. If Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs go very go very well together, they could be a favorite to win that division. Now, I will say it got a lot tougher now that Cam Newton is on the Patriots to win that division but I still think they could have a chance at that because then you have to look at the Bills actually have some offensive weapons to throw to. Cam Newton does not have as many. He still has uh, Julian Edelman, who is the one player from Brady's era that did not travel down to Tampa Bay with him. We know what Gronk did, but not Edelman for some reason. Wes Welker, if you actually wanted to dig into his into his past and have the best receivers that Tom Brady's ever thrown to. But that'll, that'll make it a bit tougher, but I still think the Bills right now are in a better position to win that division. Let us know your thoughts on today's episode on social media at TrueSports underscore pod. Also, make sure you visit TrueSportsPodcast.com to listen to previous episodes of the show and to read the True Sports blog. New articles of the blog are released every Friday, so there's always something to keep you involved and entertained at TrueSportsPodcast.com. JD, quarantine rolls on. It's starting to end. And next week, we'll, we will have the return of Swenson's Games of the Week as games starting to return here. The last film of the week. Make this a good one, JD. Okay, well, I'll make it a good one just because of the time that it, it, this will come out. It will be on the weekend, July 4th. So watch The Patriot. Watch something that gets you into the mood. With everything that we're going through now, it's very hard, or excuse me, it's very easy to lose that sense of patriotism. Revive it. Watch The Patriot. It's got, uh, what's his name, Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson in it. I think it Mel also Gibson, has Jason Isaacs. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. I was going to say, Heath Ledger yeah. is in it as well. Rest great movie. He was, he was fantastic as Joker. Yes, but, it, you know, it's a great movie. Uh, it's very graphic, so if you're not one of those people, then uh, I'd probably probably sit back on this one. But it, mm-hmm. it's it's great movie. I'm not going to spoil absolutely anything for you because you just need to watch it. It's a great war movie. Uh, Mel Gibson's great. Heath Ledger's great as well. So I'll I'll give the alternative here if you're not a very uh, gore-loving person here. Okay. If you don't want to watch The Patriot, I will give an alternative. This is the one I thought you were going to say. Because as soon as I told you, pick one that's patriotic and with baseball returning, I would have thought you'd immediately go The Sandlot. 
Oh, that one is I thought that's exactly what you would go for, because that actually takes place during the 4th of July. Okay, well, so that's if another you, one. If you're, if you're a squeamish person and don't want to watch The Patriot, watch The Sandlot. That is a classic. And if you movie. haven't already seen The Sandlot, then you definitely need to within yep. the next week, because you yep. will get beat up if you've never seen that movie. Someone will beat you up. If you haven't watched it, you're killing me, Smalls. That's all I'll say. There you go. And they <laughs> won't get that reference because you nope, haven't seen it. they won't it. get it until they see it. There you go. We have a lot of exciting episodes planned out for you guys now that we are back in the studio, so make sure you're staying tuned in for those. We have a discussion on TBT, the basketball tournament, coming up next week, and you won't want to miss that, so make sure you tune in. For True Sports in Urbana, Ohio, I'm Caleb Spinner. And I'm J.D. Swenson. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday. But for now, that's the show. We're out of here.